Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of JAMP, the Judaism and Mysticism podcast. This is episode one. We're going to start out the series today with a discussion about a myth with simple origins but profound implications. You may have heard the anti-Semitic rumor that Jews have horns. To this day, small groups in Eastern Europe believe the old lie. Now, this claim hasn't been used in mainstream anti-Semitic propaganda for a long time. That being said, the quote-unquote joke of the Jew with horns has lingered in mainstream American and Jewish American culture. But where did this come from? Why did this imagery get so popular? The root of the problem dates back to 390 BCE, to when St. Jerome was commanded by Pope Damasus I to translate the Torah into Latin. This translation is called the Vulgate. At the portion in question, Moses has just talked to God on top of Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. Exodus 34.29 says in English, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, the two tablets of the covenant of the law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. Radiant is the key word here. The Hebrew word for radiant, or beams of light, is karan. The word was originally mistranslated by St. Jerome as cornutus because he had mistaken karan for karen, which can mean horned. An understandable mistake. St. Jerome wrote in the Vulgate, he was not aware that his face was horned. Since St. Jerome's writings and translations were so influential at the time, this became the standard translation for the passage. In fact, this translation was so widespread that artists like Michelangelo and Donatello heard it. Michelangelo, when he went to create his sculpture of Moses, put horns on Moses' head. You can still see this sculpture in the church of San Pietro in Vincoli, in Rome. Another way that Michelangelo's art shaped the way that Jewish history is perceived is that he painted the tablets with rounded tops. Most Jewish commentators agree that the tops were actually flat. In many depictions of Moses, during the Middle Ages, he was depicted with horns. And since Moses was Jewish and is the most important prophet of the Jewish people, this ultimately led to the common notion that Jewish people have horns. What started out as a seemingly harmless mistranslation had grave implications for the Jewish people of Europe a couple hundred years later. Up until, and throughout the Middle Ages, the Jew with horns idea stuck around. Now, it is part of Jewish tradition that we cover our heads as a constant reminder that God is above us, and you may have seen this manifest in the modern-day kippah. However, a problem quickly arose. Throughout Europe during the Middle Ages, there were laws placed on Jewish people called Jewish disabilities. Along with restrictions in political and social life, part of these anti-Jewish laws was that Jewish men have to wear Peleus Cornutus. Now you'll remember that the Latin word Cornutus means horned. They were being forced to wear horned skullcaps. It is commonly believed amongst scholars that, at least initially, Jews were wearing these hats out of choice because why not be fashionable while we follow our Jewish duty to cover our heads? Scholars also agree, though, that when the Jewish disabilities were enacted, the forced wearing of the hat now served as a way to distinguish between Christians and Jews. People wanted to be able to distinguish Jews on site so they could make sure they weren't going into the no-Jews-allowed zones of the city. Basically, the hat served as a major tool to identify and limit Jewish people. It was the first version of the Yellow Star. Since all of this started with a Torah passage about Moses, we don't want you to walk away with only this negative history to associate with the passage. We're really here to provide you with some spiritualism and mysticism. Now, it would be impossible to discuss everything about Moses in one episode. Actually, it would be impossible to discuss everything about Moses in a hundred episodes. So today, we'll just try to tell you about the relevant passage, Moses' covenant with God. 
Joining me today is Hannah Rosenfeld-Kugel, who is going to talk to us about the Ten Commandments given to Moses. Hey, Jack. Thank you for having me. Thank Um, you for coming. It's my pleasure, and I'm really excited about these podcasts, actually. So as you said, it's really hard to talk about anything about Moses um, in one podcast, but if we're going to talk about the Ten Commandments, which each commandment can have its own podcast, um, I just wanted to point out a few things about them generally. Firstly, do you know the Ten Commandments? Very vaguely. Okay. Let's let's start. Tell me what they are. Okay. The first one is, uh, you shall have no other gods before me. Okay. The second one is, you shall not make idols. It is important to point out here that this is actually the Christian interpretation of the Ten Commandments. In Judaism, we don't have commandments as much as we have God's ten utterances, for lack of a better word. The first utterance is actually, I am the Lord your God. The second utterance is the combination of the first two commandments from the Christian perspective. Those are, you shall have no other gods before me, and you shall have no other idols. Third one, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For For all those listening, you should know he's cheating off Google, but go on. (laughs) Don't give away the secrets. (laughs) Four is remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Five is honor your father and mother. Six is thou shall not murder. Seven is you shall not commit adultery. Eight, you shall not steal. Nine, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And ten, you shall not covet. Okay, so while many of us can list all or some of the Ten Commandments without cheating, but a few, but so many of us don't stop to think about how exactly they were formatted. Firstly, there were two tablets, and the question really is why? God couldn't find a tablet big enough? I don't think so. The sages of the Talmud offer an interesting explanation. Two tablets were given because the Ten Commandments can be split into two categories. The first category contains obligations or mitzvahs which is the Hebrew word for obligations, between man and his creator, like believing in God and not worshipping idols. The second one concerns obligations between one human to another. For example, don't murder, don't steal, etc. The Torah is not just a book of history, but primarily a guidebook for elevated and spiritual living. The Hasidic masters made us aware of a profound lesson here, that we must apply the theme of the first tablet to the second tablet and vice versa. They're both equally as important, one cannot survive without the other. When serving our Creator, we must try to let it permeate our intellect and intelligence and never suffice with blind faith alone. On the other hand, when interacting with other people, we must ensure that the basis of morality and ethics isn't just that it feels like the right thing to do, but rather because God has willed it so and it is therefore unchangeable. We need not look into too distant past to find a highly cultured and sophisticated nation commit the most heinous crimes imaginable because they only looked at one and not at the other. So, Hana, what's the takeaway from all this? What do you want us to have learned from this? I think that when we look at this, we see that, according to Judaism, we can't have one without the other. We can't have a relationship with God without it affecting our positively our relationship with man, and we can't have a positive relationship with man without it affecting our relationship with God. They're not mutually exclusive as much as we'd like to believe that they are. Awesome. Thank you so much for helping out with this episode and joining me. You're welcome, and I'm excited to see where this is going to go. And thank you to everyone who tuned in today to listen to this very first episode of JAMP, the Judaism and Mysticism podcast. This podcast is supported entirely by people like you. 
I'd like to give a special thank you to everyone who has helped made, make this podcast possible. Chana and her husband, Rabbi Zevi Kugel, have been incredibly helpful throughout the entire process. The members of the Jewish Students' Organization at Fordham University, and in particular Brandon Satstrakobowitz and Gladys Bendahan, have also supported me tremendously in making this podcast. Also, many of them will be joining me for future episodes of JAMP. Finally, I must thank Rabbi Brian Zachary Mayer, whose teachings have guided my spirit since I met him at Tannen's Magic Camp in the summer of 2013. Rabbi Brian has not only instructed me spiritually, but I also think this podcast wouldn't exist without his help. Rabbi Brian himself also has two podcasts. The first is called Rabbi Brian and Religion Outside the Box, and the other is called Wisdom Biscuits and Religion Outside the Box. If you liked this show, you might like his show too. Links to his podcast can be found in the description. Again, thank you for listening. Tune in next time for some information about the kosher diet. Please don't hesitate to comment or email your thoughts, questions, and ideas for what you'd like to hear about in future episodes.